Hi guys, it is your host Ian the Rhino and I just wanted to start Fortitude Live episode 5 off with some wholesome Christmas spirit. I'm really really excited to get into this episode. We have to start it off this way because it is now December. How long do you think you guys could uh, listen to that without going completely insane? No, for real though, it is already December, which is insane to me because November passed by in a blur. We have episode 5 coming to you shortly. Um, This is an episode that we actually got while we were still on that trip up in North Carolina, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one because it's kind of a shit show. Um, God, what do we talk about? We start off talking about OnlyFans after a really hectic intro that you guys are going to kind of have an interesting time listening to and um and then we get into talking about a film that zach's a part of called the weight which is about a weightlifting ironically um and uh and then we start to kind of circle back into talking about we actually talk about law enforcement a little bit and then we end up talking about um about training so this episode kind of goes all over the place but it's a really funny one the, the dialogue's really interesting we're, we're just having fun having a good time so i'm excited for you guys to uh to hear this one um, as always, this episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese. You can go to piedmontese.com and use uh, Fortitude Live 25 as your uh, discount code at, at checkout, and that'll get you 25% off your order. Certified Piedmontese is one of the premier, if not the premier, uh, online steak delivery beef product brands on the market right now. Um, their shipping process is super fast. Uh, customer service is second to none. Their product is the best on the market. You can't get much better than, than what they offer. All of their cuts of beef are extremely lean, extremely tender, um, very affordable, especially with the 25% off code applied to it at checkout. Be sure to do that. Um, I love this. I love this beef. You know, I love the ground beef. They have a they have a, a lean ground beef. They have a ninety six four. They have an eighty five fifteen that has a little bit more flavor and it. it's a little less dry. Um, if you're not so concerned about the extra calories from the fat and maybe you're bulking or you need a little bit higher calories, all their steak products, you know, filet mignons, ribeyes, everything, very very minimal fat, um, very very high protein by weight. The cholesterol is a little bit lower and. It's actually extremely tender on par with uh, prime cuts of beef. Um, And the tenderness from the meat is actually from the meat itself. It's not from any type of marbling present, like whenever they... uh, Whenever they rate tenderness in prime cuts of beef. So I definitely suggest you give a try give it a try it makes a great gift if you're looking to uh gift somebody something for christmas and you're not really sure what they're gonna what they're uh, what they want maybe they don't have a list you can never go wrong if you give somebody a steak so without further ado we're gonna get in, get into this episode don't be shocked give it a little bit of patience it's gonna start out like a little roller coaster ride Um, hopefully you don't have your volume turned up in public. I would highly recommend you put headphones in if you're around small children. Um, yeah, so you're going to know what that's about in a second. Enjoy guys. You should have started that. Are you you recording? (laughs) Welcome Welcome to the, uh, danger zone. Welcome to the cave of tongues. (laughs) 
That sounds actually like a really nice place to be. Oh my the Cave God. of Tongues. Sounds, awful. It sounds like a terrible you place. You go in to naked. Me. You go in naked in the Cave of Tongues and you come out, you won't be the same man. <laughs> Dude, oh my God. It's all his tongues. It's just, oh my God. Thousands of my tongues. <laughs> like you walk, you walk through an aisle and you just feel tongues. Just oh, so here's the question Who would have more fun, a guy or a girl walking into his cave of tongues? I'm saying a girl, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. They're, the women parts are much more... Well, what if you didn't know Plus, it was his tongue? Guy's nipple... Dude, guy, it's, like a, it's like a glory hole. You have no idea. Oh, but, um, but it's me on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your head. Guys, your head just everywhere. Dude, this podcast kid. just went to another level. We start, well, it, it only started. It's hey, what was that? What was that little jingle you did earlier? Hold what the? Oh, give me my phone. I gotta, I'll gotta. i pull it up. I'll do a live I don't know where you... Oh. Just find you did okay. Keep it PG though, you yeah, know. Keep yeah, it yeah, keep, yeah. keep it not rated X. Guys' nipples aren't as sensitive as girls' nipples. I beg to differ. Do you have sensitive nipples, more? I don't like them being touched. I like it's kind are of there, like other dudes that do like their like in sex. Absolutely. Like, have you talked to a guy who's like, ooh, no? You oh. think somebody would admit that? For sure. I'm pretty open about sexual stuff, but like, I don't know. I don't like it. Okay, well, it's yeah. like a hard line. No, like a titty twister is like. Really, really painful. Yeah, fuck a titty twister. That's not, that's not sexual. That's harmful. I was doing jujitsu the other day, and I had a guy try to grab my guinea instead. He almost grabbed oh, my nipple. And I was titty? like, ah, you almost gave me a Dude, titty have twister. have you ever had someone uh, just grab your fucking skin? skin. Oh, my God. <laughs> they think it's the gi, and they just gra- and you're just like, what the fuck? I'm trying to find like a commercial. on Yeah, little purple bruises. Oh, dude, it's awful. Yeah. Like, you do yelp. Like, you, don't, you can't even control it. You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it fucking hurts, dude. Oh man! I, I'm trying to find an Instagram commercial that has like your classic. Oh, you know, <laughs> like your classic. Uh, so this this is like, actually part two of the Boys Gone Wild North Carolina podcast. Yeah, second edition. Dude, yeah. it was so wild tonight. We got ice cream. Yeah, tonight roadside ice cream. Ice cream. Actually, roadside. Wait, what did we do today? Today. Today, today was, was yeah, Tom's wait. idea to retest our presidential worst, fitness. Yeah, great place to start with this. Yeah, our worst experience from like from childhood PE class. So we retested our nation's presidential fitness <laughs> test. Do you think we made our president proud today? I don't. Th- not not today's president. Probably not. You think he wouldn't be approving of our fitness? Dude, he would have been like, you guys are fucking soft. Wait, who? <laughs> this is some pussy shit from the 80s. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's just be open and honest here. Who actually got the award? I, I, I didn't. I definitely lost. Marcus, I, your mile was a great, valiant effort, <laughs> but like, you just didn't get it in under no, eight minutes. not even close. 15 minutes. No, I mean... Everybody's mile was good. Everybody's VC. You guys were good. all... I, I would great. just like, though, like to be the teacher who has to tell Marcus, like, yeah, Marcus, uh, you didn't make it. And like him just being like, like looking at you, and you're just like, ah, fuck, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what sparked my fitness journey. So for, I don't remember doing this in fifth grade, by the way. I, for uh, the listener, we all did the V-sit reach, and we were all pretty flexible, so that was great. We did the shuttle run, and we were all we had to be 
faster than 10.3 seconds, and we were all pretty much faster than 10.3 seconds. I think I got 10.5. Marcus was 10.5 seconds. Yeah. But in his credit, 10.5 seconds at 300 pounds is pretty impressive. Thank so, you. like, that was pretty fun to watch because I've never seen you move that fast in my life. I think I'd be a good life. sprinter. Like, short, short distance, like some you're Josh kind, Bryant you, shit. When I look at you, I think of Chad Wesley Smith, like, every time. Yeah, you're, you're like a he's Chad. He's bigger than me. No, I'm saying, like, now, I think he's probably around your weight. He uh, cut a no, lot of weight. No, he, I mean, he's, he's he kind of back up. It was uh, tough for him to well, stay down there. But, like, when he was lower. but And he was a fast fucking dude. Like, All right, guys. Was, yeah, yeah, sprinting I have, and stuff. Just, can, I, can I have a commercial break here? Yeah. So Wait, this is the new intro to the podcast yeah. for this episode. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Zach. Wait. <laughs> Like, so everyone knows. Hey, guys. I'm here with Ian Daniel, known as the Rhino. And he can – he's got that horn, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh also, Big Business is here to my left. And Joey – Joey Sadmary. And that's what we're going to do. You know me. I'm, I'm Zach Tellender. And let's get into it. This is the Fitness Channel 101. Here we go. Oh yeah! <laughs> I mean, it's just like flashes, like lifestyle. Like it's like boat, us, like on a boat. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all making and like playing fitness, Twister. business, and yeah. like it's like Ian just like typing. <laughs> We're on a boat. And I'm just champagne. walking around with like a stack of cash or yeah. something. And there's there's Six like shades. there's like there's like seven <laughs> girls shaking their ass. <laughs> and there's strobe lights like, yeah. like, coming from nowhere. We like right? to work hard, but we also like to play you know, hard. You know the fucked up thing about living in Miami is that shit happens on like every corner every day. Is that really what it looks like, like when you're in Miami? Filming? You'll just be driving around and you'll be like, what the fuck? Like that chick is shaking her ass outside of the really? Camaro. And there's a guy yeah. like filming it? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. like everywhere. So it is kind of like the movies in that sense. But so, it's wait, like wait, wait, that. Wait. that one Instagram account. Uh, Only it, a day. What? Dade or only in Dade? Well, only in Dade, but there's one. It's like Influencers in the Wild. Have yeah. you seen that one? Yeah. That's a very important Yo, it's account because we're shaming those people. They need a, lots of shame. It's a pretty common experience to be in Wynwood going about your business and like the, the Bang Bros bus goes by <laughs> and they're oh, filming a bro. You've, you've never no seen way. that. You've never seen the Bang Bros. You, bang, I've never seen that. Does it have Bang Bros on the outside? No. no it, it's the Bang Bus. The Dade post, the Dade page posts... A story like oh, every do. day, every other day of catch someone him. catching that in a different spot, like in the city, and they've done it in Winwood before because it was like Brandon or, or um, it was like one of those individuals. Um, Wait, you know them by name, <laughs> Ian? <laughs> Big yeah. drivers of the Bang Bus. <laughs> now, you want to know what was really funny? So I knew a guy before. He was a young kid. He lived in this this condo in Brickell, and he shows up to the gym one day, young kid, and he was a total space cadet, super nice kid, but like very strange. And he comes in, he's like, "Guys, you will not believe who I met today." <laughs> and we were all like, "All right, cool, who?" And he pulls out his phone, and if it it's a picture of him and this porn star named Abella Danger. And this weird little 18-year-old kid, I mean, like, to her, he was probably weird, but he went up and, like, lives in the same building as her, apparently, and, like, found her and, like, asked for a selfie with this super famous porn star. Bella Danger. Yeah. That's yeah, all he got was, was a great selfie. Work. She's got a selfie. That's it? She lives in Miami. Damn. Dude, 
Do, wait, is it is Miami? Isn't Miami the porn capital of the world now? I well, think that I LA. think Miami and LA for yeah. sure. It's been there. They've been the porn capitals. Yeah, what you're there's a lot of porn. Really? Yeah, Dude, Miami and LA are two big places. Were, weren't we talking about OnlyFans and how it like Wait. exploded on the scene? Yeah. Weren't we talking about the presidential fitness test that we Yo, this podcast today? is already taken. Like yeah, we've gone ten, off the rails. Ten different but that's turns. Whatever. No, we've no. gone off the rails. All right, so just to come back to the fact that we took <laughs> we did the presidential <laughs> we'll go presidential fitness test and then we'll come back to OnlyFans. Cuz OnlyFans is a very interesting it's thing. It's really in my important. Opinion. Let's bookmark it's an, it. It's a yeah. bookmark. We actually, okay, I'm writing it down. We actually <laughs> created an OnlyFans. I got a typewriter. It's right only here. for Zach though. It's we, onlyzach.com. <laughs> this is pictures a, of me smiling. <laughs> like just headshots. <laughs> and like we created an OnlyFans to, to document our attempts at the presidential fitness test. So you have to subscribe. And our, oh, and my then, God. And there'll also be some pictures. www.onlyzach.com. So, so we all did the Visa Reach. We're flexible. We all ran the mile. Me, Zach, and Joey all did it in like seven and a half or under minutes. Uh, Marcus slogged it in 15 minutes. He was nice. He, he got some nice. I'm, at least you did some cardio today. I did. It was in like weight. Like, would you have flat shoes on? Or something? I was wearing my Sabo deadlift shoes. So yeah. Marcus slogged a mile in Sabo deadlift shoes, and he got some cardio in today, which is the positive takeaway from this. Thank you. I've always find the silver lining. We ran the shuttle run, and we we're all pretty quick for being kind of strong, explosive guys. All doing it in under ten three. Marcus did it in ten five, which again is very impressive. After that, we went back to um, to Juji Mufu's uh, gym farm garage gym. Barn. Uh, barn. Jim Barn. Jim and barn. um and we all did pull ups. I I'll well you can just go around and say how many pull ups we did. You I did twenty it. I did twenty four. I was really proud of been training way to pull ups today, Marcus. How many got, did you I do? I got fifteen. Marcus did fifteen full dead hang pull ups at yeah. three hundred pounds. pounds. That's awesome. Zach did I was fifteen ish. Fourteen and a half. You did good. Yeah. That was Zach did fourteen point five, which was Technically counts as thirty with my arms, <laughs> um, and yeah. Joey did I think at I did, least yeah twenty two or two. Yeah, I was right least around you. Or yeah. Again, phenomenal performance, and then came to the the what the it, worst one, the fucking game changer. Oh, we, it was the, weird, man. The gauntlet decision test. maker. Just a dizzy. You Appar- get dizzy. Apparently, fifth graders are insanely gifted at sit-ups. sucking their own dick. I mean, Base. sit-ups. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant. Sit-ups. <laughs> Yeah. We, all, we all know you tried. We <laughs> so, all know you tried. So I tried for 60 seconds, as many reps as possible. <laughs> so we all, for 60 seconds, with people holding our feet down, gritting our teeth, bleeding out of our eyes and gums. and Well, only one of us. Snotting snot out of our nose and, and struggling as hard as we could. <laughs> tried to get at least 45 sit-ups for their elbows, touching our knees, backed out of the ground in 60 seconds. Um Again, I'll, we can go around and say how many we did. I did it. I did 45. I did exactly 45. Marcus I think did, I got like 32. Marcus did 32. I think I got 50. Yeah. Joey did 50 or I think 50 or 51. I so did 45. Zach did 45 exactly. So I think at the end of the day, we were all genuinely presidential yes. in our own right. I think so. I think, Marcus, I would give you an honorary presidential. I think I'm presidential under today's presidential standards. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah but so Above is like, beyond. But so is yeah. like a piece of dog shit, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying the bar is very high. Yeah, no. Yeah. Presidential just, fitness test now is like so, how many snack wells can you eat? Yeah, like how many children <laughs> can you traffic? Yeah. I th- oh, my God. 
right. Shout out Children. Jeffrey Epstein. I think I think by I think by powerlifter standards in the three hundred eight weight class, I'm definitely the fittest on earth. Yeah, dude. That's where it would be fun is to see how we compare against other people in our sport at our weight yeah, class for sure. Like that, like the whole time I was thinking about that, I was like, that would be great to see. Like yeah. how many strong men, like. Dude, that was impressive. You're 265 pounds. Yeah, right around yeah, there. If they yeah. throw in a seven-minute mile, that's insane. Dude, if they threw in a mile <clears throat> to strongmen, how fucking crazy. People would drop dead, dude. No, they would die. They would yeah. have heart attacks. They would drop dead. Have I mean, coronary. If you, you have guys, if, uh, if you ask the competitors at the World's Strongest, <laughs> <laughs> you do it. I, dude, they would die. Dude, they being a die. promoter of a Has contest, any- I've almost thought about doing like a 200 or 400-meter run. Like oh, you're like the, the muscle would, pulls, dude. It would just be fucking awesome. <laughs> just they're like, waddling, dude. Just, yeah, like, and you would you see like the people who quit right away, and like the motherfuckers who just go hard, and just their bodies. You like, know what it would be? Oh, what if, it would what be like ten that? me's, just like dude, just but, power walking through dude, it. It would be awesome though. Like <laughs> it doesn't even matter. What if you made that the tiebreaker for the two guys? That'd be great. Numbers. But even like think about dude, like the lighter weight classes. Like I feel like that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, to see like lightweights. I think, like, 200 meters would be solid because it's, like, all right, like, you can fucking run 200 meters. 400 meters, I feel like someone yeah, would, I think I would drop. 200 meters. Yeah. It like, that's suck. a good enough of a distance to suck, but also, yeah. like, be something that they would do. Yeah. Before they started saying, what are we doing? CrossFit. Yeah, they say that anyway. They just say it's CrossFit for big guys. I, so, at the, uh, at the Olympia Strongman I went to um, when my buddy competed, they, the two guys who were tied – had to do a one literally they had to do this event because the guy that one of the guys that was tied in the event prior he i think tore or strained his bicep and and so he was tied for first with a fucked up bicep and so they made the tiebreaker event uh, like a single arm grip hold with Ooh. one of the farmers carry handles just a, a man-to-man fucking... No who can, way. ...who can hold that bitch the longest. Well, what, 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 uh, what weight class is this? Like, heavyweight guy? No, this was 105. 105. Yeah. Was it uh, Furman? Was, it was one of them? It was and him, him and, and Derek? I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know Anthony was one of the guys. Yeah, yeah, dude. I see. I saw it, dude. Yeah, they both were just standing there. And I think it was Furman the guy dropped with, it. Yeah, I think it yeah. was the guy with the... Bi- Imagine doing that, going yeah. to the final event. With a fucked up bicep, and then you win. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. That's impressive. That's a mental fortitude right there. Hey. Some mental fortitude. Another episode of Fortitude Live. Fortitude Live. Welcome, guys. And uncensored. So back to... Let's back that up. Sorry. OnlyFans? (laughs) No, well, well, we're going to get on to OnlyFans, but let me just introduce... We're going to introduce the... We're going to do the uh, Fortitude Fitness... Fortitude Live. We've been talking all things fitness <laughs> and strong things. Here with Ian Daniel. He's got that horn. I just made that joke earlier. That's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking about your horn there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's why they call you the rhino. All right. On, on to OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Only Holy wait, shit. I didn't on. know what it was. You want to go ahead and plug your OnlyFans before we get started? Right. So, so I didn't know what OnlyFans was, and I found out a lot about it, and now I do my weightlifting content there on OnlyFans. <laughs> so if you guys want exclusive content, go to OnlyFans.com slash Zhard. Okay, that's my name on OnlyFans. Just naked, clean, and jerk. Yeah. 
<laughs> just, the, just the famous. bar like whipping up your dick. <laughs> like you go to pole and so much your throwing. wang just flings up every uh, time. Oh, oh, but like if you, <laughs> how funny would it be if you set up an OnlyFans to do like a paywall for like your exclusive content? Yo, I think wasn't sexual at all. Just literally like. You had programming up there. You had yeah. like exclusive yeah. videos and like tutorials. Imagine and if you created your programming subscription from OnlyFans. That I would mean, be. It would kind of serve the same purpose. Yeah, as I know, else, but right? it would be so funny. Like, they, <clears throat> would they get pissed or would? I, I just think it's interesting that like COVID happened and like all of these girls, they were either like waitresses or you know personal trainers. Kind of on Instagram showing their titties, and then and now they're like OnlyFans is somewhat widely accepted, and they're pulling in cash. Lots for, of cash. Where, yeah. where do you even pay for? Is there like a payment system? Or? Yeah, it's got a credit card. It's just built like in. yeah, just plug it right really. in. Plug it right in. Do you guys know people that have these? My, yeah, I've seen yeah. seen them before. I know. Really? Yeah. Not anybody I know personally. But yeah, I've seen like people. Actually, you know what I've seen? I've seen people in other countries like Venezuela. But they can't like make legitimate money, and they'll have an OnlyFans. Now, do you promote it as like a regular thing, or is it like on the you down just, low? You no, know, yet I mean, depends it depends how depends. acceptable. Depends this is the weird are. thing: is like if we make it so it's like very acceptable to like have an OnlyFans, more people are gonna have it, and mm-hmm. like it was just the COVID thing was like a perfect concoction so that girls would stay at home, create an OnlyFans, and then like no one was shaming them or anything like that. It's like. Uh, Porn for the common man. Yeah, well, like common girl. Common girl. But there are men OnlyFans accounts. I feel like a porn website has a lower price subscription than OnlyFans. Right, but OnlyFans. That's because I think they're probably. I don't know. I feel like OnlyFans. I think is set up in the way that like Instagram is. Yeah. So like. Yeah, it's like a scroll. Yeah, it's like a scroll. I've never been on it. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the kind of the trump card that I think is why they're making a shit ton of money off this. All right. You've been you're a you're the average American male going to work nine to five, and you come home and you look at this Instagram fitspo model with two hundred thousand followers, and you've been staring at her, wanking it to fully clothed pictures for the last six months. Now right? you can see some action now, for twenty six ninety five. Twenty six ninety five once a month payment, you get. Whoa! You get the you get the whole shebang. Yeah, but porn is free and it's streaming. But live. you know the crazy part but is this like is people the... want to be connected to that hot Instagram That's... girl, and now that hot Instagram girl's like, well, I've run out of protein sponsors and and CBD gummy sponsors right. and booty blaster but workouts. It, are and you... now I can monetize my butthole? Why are you making fun of me? Why are you making fun? www.onlyzack.com. <laughs> Onlyzack.com. Listen, it's CBD. the same thing as cam girls, though, right? Like it's the same thing, yeah. basically. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't well, ask Larry lie. Wheels. They're straight porn. That's like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a known so thing. Wait, so wait, all right. So these aren't. They could be porn, though. But yeah. okay, but it doesn't always have to be. Uh, I think it's whatever so. you want it to be. Yeah. But it's yeah. definitely nude, and things are definitely going inside. No, um, I think it's I inside. Think there's non nudes wherever. There's non-nude, which is to me yeah. insane. Like oh, paying yeah. paying thirty bucks a month for non-nude photos, like of mm-hmm. like someone you follow on Instagram. Just it's look at their Instagram. Very weird yeah. to me. It's definitely weird, but it's, it's accessible. Weird. People like accessibility. People like DMing you on Instagram to mm-hmm. talk to you about training. So why not subscribe to that? This really is hot true. Pills? Like I get tons of questions, and even just have like 
a monetary monthly income of like, okay, you can ask me whatever questions you want for thirty bucks a month. Yeah, that's like, yeah, but like you would like do that's, that. That's tempting. But you, you know? would do, like yeah, but you like would do that on retainer. Patreon. That's what yeah. I do on my Patreon. Yeah, so it's kind of. I, the I don't same. do it on OnlyFans.com. Yeah, I'm not gonna set up. Go to a yeah, porn. But, it's a porn site. Like let's yeah. let's be well, real. But it could be though. Like it, you could you probably use it, it that way or the It could be anything you want it to be. It just happened that. Is that true though? Easiest. I think OnlyFans is like. Is it like? What's the percentage then? It's I feel for like we gotta just it's definitely for news. It's a way to it post pictures and video and have a subscription base. That's no, but, it at the very but, base. Yeah, but I would say that they're like, is it their mission? Like, then why is did, then did why they, are so many people posting porn then? Like, wouldn't people just, use it as a paywall then? It's, it's just the most. It's just the most user friendly system to do porn from that as a sub- subscription model. I think. No, they had to start it with porn in mind. Dude, of course. That's a huge industry online. Why not monetize it? There's probably There was probably a huge market for it. Or you put your stuff up on some random website hoping people see it. Or you have a dedicated platform. There's a dedicated platform to everything nowadays. I know. It's Why wild, not do amateur modeling? It's really, it's really <clears throat> a way to monetize amateur modeling. Did you guys see this thing? It's like uh, personal training, but it's an AI that like literally sees you doing a squat and like looks at your mechanics and it's like you need to do this differently Skynet. is it like a big For mirror sure. that you put on the wall no like you hold your can like you put your camera there and like you'll do a bodyweight squat i've it's, seen like screenshots of it yeah, yeah i've seen and someone like, ripping on it it's so wack it's like don't go below parallel that is bad for your knees yes but basically you know how Lift it can like take your, your legs not your back the videos can like take your <laughs> biometrics and shit and and Mm-mm. it looks like trash it's like you don't need a personal trainer anymore but we were actually talking about uh, virtual reality, and I played this. I played this game, uh, Creed, on virtual reality on PlayStation Four. Is it a boxing game? Yeah, and like legitimately got a workout in. Really? Yeah, like because <laughs> you're in there. This. Zach went to fucking kill this guy. Dude, it's <laughs> so hard. Did you just pop blood vessels in your eyes? It's really hard. It's really hard. And he it takes was like, off the VR and both of his eyes, eyes are, are black. bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> so for people listening, this is not a joke. I actually popped <laughs> hematomas under my eyes uh, from pulling <laughs> a deadlift so hard that I went outside of my body. I wrote a novella outside of my body and then I came, came back, back into my body and I finished the rep. I it was, was watching him perform this deadlift and the, he was grinding it so slowly. I was looking at his face. And the area around his eyeballs, his eyelid and his under eye, where started you started flooding dude, with blood, just you know started what, you know turning was, red bro? and pink. It was fucking Star Wars uh, with Anakin Skywalker turning into fucking Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Your eyes, my eyes went fucking full. just were so. Sunk it was in it, it yeah. was watching human Emperor Palpatine use Force lightning, and his face fucking transformed. Fries. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yep. And, and he stopped, and he goes, oh, my God, and he walks away. Yeah, like, oh, my God. Listen, it, there's a sacrifice for everything. If you want to do some witchcraft, you got to cut your hand. Let some blood come out, and then you can do a spell. Everyone knows that. So for me to pull 600 or higher, i got to... You know, I gotta sacrifice some stuff, and that's the so, blood vessels underneath, directly underneath. So my what eyes. you're saying is, you use the dark magic to yes. perform. That. Yes, <laughs> but I also was in the astral plane while I was pulling. I was pulling so hard that my body, you know, like uh, what's that movie, Mister? How many how many minutes do you think you took off your life with that lift? <laughs> oh, I'd say at least ninety. At least an hour. You and took half. an hour and a half yeah. off. Yeah, an hour and a half off. Wow. A movie, a yeah. comedy. Yeah. 
Maybe yeah. a dark comedy. Yeah. yeah, like not a not a you know you know comedies are usually ninety minutes and then like dramas are closer to two hours. This is a comedy. Maybe like a horror movie. Yeah, like I'm I'm basically so you're like not nine, gonna be watching the room. I'm like eighty nine oh years my old. God. Eighty nine years <laughs> I old, think and we I'm like watch that, dude. We my honey's to. like, it oh, looks we're gonna incredible. put on an Adam Sandler movie, and I just dropped that. Oh, have you seen Uncut Gems? Yeah. Is that good? Horrible to try. It was like. It's very he got stressful. great reviews, but yeah, the whole movie was him getting dude, himself into more. Did you trouble. notice? Did it you, was so stressful. Did you notice how claustrophobic every scene is? That's like yeah. purposeful. Like every time he's in his jeweler shop, you're like, it's t- super tight. Yeah, the room looks tiny. Everyone's bumping into each other. That was like a total so did, yes or no. Is it? Was yeah, she, you gotta watch. Okay, it. no, come on. No? It's, yeah. it's, it's so anxiety. stressful. It's high anxiety, and it's but he makes the whole. Yeah, see, I don't like movies like that. The dude. movie is him making a series of bad decisions uh, that continuously get worse. His uh, whole life, and the ending just made me want to fucking vomit. It was uh, terrible. Oh man! Did he ever get the diamond back? Yeah, shortly. <laughs> like it's just not. It was not. I don't know, man. It was. It was really overhyped, and I was excited. To try, like, oh shit, Adam Sandler came out with a movie that has good reviews. That's exciting. It's a tragedy. It, yeah, it's a dark comedy tragedy type movie, uh-huh. and his character is so flawed, which yeah. is stressful as fuck to watch. That's like, but that's that's movies, man. That's a no, story. no. I don't have. To, you don't have to like it. It's yeah, like, no, you don't no. Have to like true. the ending of Game of Thrones. Well, like if you like it, ending a Game of Thrones, like we can't be friends. Yeah. I never but, met somebody who said yes. Though. Yeah, like you can like that's really that's how, that's my ultimatum. It's like yeah, no, no, we don't have to like the same things. Like you can like Game of Thrones, but like we won't be friends. That's yeah. my rule. Like, Big disagreement. Yeah, it's yeah. not even a disagreement. It's it really, is it's like wrong. you're morally a yeah, bad it's person. Wrong. Yeah. Someone who gets super excited over the last season of Game of Thrones may invoke rage in me. Yeah, to just punch them in the face. Well, they also you have to check the floorboards because they're probably there's bodies down there. Yeah. They're like, you know what season of Game of Thrones I really liked? <clears throat> Seven. And you go, okay, got to pull up these floorboards. Wait, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Seven was fine. Wait, was it seven or eight? Eight. 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 Sorry, eight. eight. Seven was, was good. Seven, seven, was, seven, was, seven was great. great. Yeah, seven, seven was like, oh, yeah. brother. Can't wait for eight. Yeah. yeah, can't wait to watch this epic yeah, war, yeah, yeah. which lasted for one episode. Hey, you and know it was, what? This is a good opportunity to talk about. To plug my CBD. Oh. No, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, we were going to talk about the movie. So right Zach, so you have been epically promoting a movie that you are going to be, yeah, starring in. Starring in. Wild. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? Tell me your involvement and what you're planning on doing with it. And what you guys hope to achieve by putting weightlifting into a feature film. So I always wanted to be in film. I, I got my my major was film and television studies, which is basically an offshoot of English, and then I minored in poli sci which is a really weird choice i don't know why i did that uh but so i've always been into editing production stuff like that um and that's one of the reasons why youtube was nice for me because i could i always had the skill of editing Uh, but i got an email from some guy and he was like you know i went to film school i've been involved in like numerous projects i did this thing called the artist and the olympian i don't know if you guys saw that wait that was a Donnie Shankle. Wait, yes. you did that? No, I didn't. That was a, that was the director. The director oh, that was of this. Dope. He did. Yeah. He did that. Yeah, he did that. Oh, Does he know dude. Donnie? Huh? Does he know Donnie? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think I remember that coming out. Dude, it's so good. It's it really good. It's a short cool. film. It was and it was like really well done. He like, what I mean, was it he, about again? he. It's it was uh there wasn't any 
Actually, there was voice. It was what, like Donnie Shanko lifting weights? It was him, yeah, talk, it was him it was, talking. And it kept yeah. going back and forth between, between an artist and, yeah. and the failing the and weight the, and then yeah. getting it. And finally yeah. getting it. And, and like he did that with a pretty high budget. Like it was, I think it was like $30,000 to wow. do that. Because he, you know, he had, uh, you know, a lighting guy. He had a grip. He had cinematographer or director of photography. He had like all that shit set up. Um, and then he went on to work on like tons of, you know, when you're in the industry, you got to make money. So he worked on the blacklist for a while and he wrote and rewrote the script over and over again. He emailed me to say, Hey, do you want to be involved in this project? And I was like, fuck yeah, man. I said it immediately. I sent him back, like, let's get on the phone. And he sent me the script and I read the script, dude. And it just like blew me away. Seriously. Like I was in tears so hard and then at the end I had like chills like legitimate chills I was just like this is I have to be a part of this so I called him back I was like yeah let's get this thing going we had to I was going to be a, just a producer like an exec how did you and him link up he emailed me because I he saw my YouTube you? yeah okay. he saw my YouTube channel and he just wanted to start getting involved with the community and hopefully get some backing and he had he's the one that came up with this idea yeah he wrote the script interesting and he'd been working on it and so then he was like okay but i also need to find an actor and we have to train this actor and there's not going to be any money involved and you know you're probably going to have to train them and all this shit and i'm like so we can't get moving at all on this thing cuz that that's just unrealistic at this yeah, point yeah it sounds like a non-starter yeah. sure so I was like, let me just patronize you and, and audition, like do a proper audition. So he sent me the sides, which is just like my lines of the scene. And I had my buddy who's an actor on FaceTime on the other end. And we did the lines. I sent them to him. And he was – first off, he was like, yeah, you can do them. But like I'm going to tell you if it sucks and I'm not going to let you be in this. Like this is my baby, this, this film, you know. Uh, and he was like actually – like it wasn't – it wasn't good, but there were like moments where it was like really, really, really good. And I sent it to the rest of my team, like the DP, assistant producer, and they all were like, let's do it. So so that's how I got like cast, which is still crazy to think about. And then what we did from there was I went out to Brooklyn to meet his team and we did like a screen test. So I had to memorize lines and actually like do it. And I was way better then because we had been practicing like we would FaceTime twice a week mm. uh, and like go over drills and exercises and shit. And that was super awkward at first. It's like improvised, like, you know, um, improvisational like drills and stuff are you so to, awkward. You have to like pretend you're the character. Yeah. Well, that, so what happens is when you memorize a line so much, it's like right now when I'm speaking, I don't know what I'm going to say, but it just comes out fluidly. It's the same way with line memorization. You you memorize it so well that you can do whatever you want with it because it's going to come out no matter what. Like you're 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 you'll never forget the line because it's just a part of you. Your brain just like stores it. That's acting. That's it. You just you know it so well that you can do whatever you want with it and and people will believe it's 
natural and organic and like, flowing out. Like when you come out of the door and you're like, I didn't hit her. I didn't hit her. <laughs> oh, oh, hi, Mike. Mark. Oh, hey, hi, Mark. Mark. Uh, hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Mark. What's the... New the, friends with boys. What's the best... <laughs> Lisa, you're killing me, I Lisa, like Pareto. You're killing me. What's the one where he like walks in to get the flowers? Is it something about the dog or something? Hi, doggy. Hi, doggy. Yeah, hi, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I went out, did the screen test, and then we immediately started just like cold emailing producer or potential investors which sucked then we tried to call them which also sucked who who, who do you email or call to invest in a movie essentially like, like rich people that i know who like trust me and i, I and i know that sounds crazy but like yeah, uh, yeah. like a really close family friend and i'm like listen this is actually something that i'm going to that i'm that i'm actually going to like go through with um and his first question to me was like, okay, how much have you raised? And I was like, uh, zero dollars. <laughs> you know? It was like we had nothing to give them. And, no it, and then we asked some people in L.A. to do it. And they're like, well, who do you have starring? And we're like, no one. Uh. And so we're asking people to star in it. And they're like, how much money do you have? And we're like, we don't have any money. We got Denzel so it was like, So it was like the chicken and the egg thing, you know, where no one's going to – people won't put in money – Actors yeah. won't come yeah, in because yeah, there's no It's like race. you need one so person to go in to get a couple other people. Yes. So what we did was we were like, you know what? We're fucking tired of this. Because we also were like, hey, there's a community of people who want would this. absolutely want this. Yeah. And we can prove it. So we started this Kickstarter. Kind of stupidly started it during COVID. Uh, and, and people were like. Hey, I started a business during COVID. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it ended up, I mean, OnlyFans went up 800% yeah. during I was COVID. I started jerking mm. off during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. w- www.only-zack.com. <laughs> Use code Joey's Ads, Mary. Yeah. yeah, the guy I jerk off to, I never see his face. But now that I look at off. your proportions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always wear a gorilla deep. mask. <laughs> Don't think too deep. It's the guy behind the Chewbacca costume. It's the tattoos. <laughs> the dong's coming out of it. The dong. So, uh, yeah, so we ended up, like, doing this whole campaign. We were worried for a little bit. And then, like, within – with, like, 48 hours left, we hit our mark of $100,000, which crazy. is crazy. Um, but how much, you, you went over it, right? Yeah, we went We went a little bit over. Like how, much time, how much time did it take you? To 60 days. 60 what was the days, biggest yeah. donation you got? $10,000. Wow. Amazing. Wow. So you raised 10% from a single guy. Yeah. Do you know who it was? Yeah. He was uh, – one of my first commenters uh, that I like became friends with because that's crazy. It's super serendipitous. Like if you ever make a legitimate relationship with someone who supports you in that way, it can pay off five years from then. It was just someone from YouTube or yeah. Like I I had 600 views. This guy would comment. So I would obviously comment back and he would comment back and we would just get this rapport. And he was, he was there from 600 subscribers to now which is over a hundred thousand, and and he donated ten percent on this thing. He's like, I just believe in you, and I really want to see it done, which is fucking amazing. That's the like, coolest thing ever. My yeah. family wouldn't do that. My yeah. best friends in the world wouldn't do yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. But this guy did that. Yeah, and it wow. was nuts. Have you ever had people like uh, ship you stuff from YouTube or like anything like no. that? No. I mean, I've gotten T-shirts. Yeah, I've gotten yeah. some shoes. Just with the gym, I've had. Actual people like send me like a barbell. Really, really. And you're just like, holy shit, wow. you know? Yeah, but it's cool because like everyone gets to use that, so it's like it means a lot. Like some dude, like you said, the I and you know when you have a channel, the same those names 
like who were there from the beginning, like you always remember those people. Yo, I had a guy during COVID, I needed two 45 pound bumpers. They're nowhere to be found. You couldn't buy them anywhere. And I put up a story post on my Instagram and said, hey, anybody local in Miami got some bumpers I can buy from you? And I had a guy from like Connecticut say, hey, I have two bumpers still in the box that have been lying around. I'll mail them to you for free. I said, fuck off. And he yeah. said, no, seriously. And I was like, well, yeah, for sure. And there was like some more dialogue exchange. Long story short, he mailed me bumpers for free. And I was like, that's crazy. I was like, that's insane. I was like, Dude, holy just shit. Doing nice, like, Doing nice shit is so yeah. legit. Like yeah. when people just do, yeah, the right, yeah, it's huge. Like over and be. I mean, you were talking about it when people just like go out of their way to do nice shit. It's amazing. Being a good person never goes without being recognized in this world, with some form of another. Yeah, and even more so person. without expectation. Right, you know, like, like you just do something that's kind. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking $10,000. I know. I for, reached for out to him. just commenting back on some dudes. Like, it's crazy. I, I reached out to him and I said, like, you're an exec. Like, you know you're an exec on this movie now. Because that, that was, like, one of the... Like, you put that ten, that much money down. It's like being a, a CFO, basically. You put in, in a startup. All right. Um, hold up. We have Denny J, Base Body Babes, Bree Nolan, <laughs> guest appearance... On the Fortitude Live podcast, Denny, you're live on the mic. What do you have to say? Wow! Thanks for having us, guys. This is unreal. So thrilled to be here. Hello from Sydney, Australia. We got a couple of we got a couple of banging babes that are live on the podcast. Anyways, back to podcast. What are we chatting about today on the podcast? OnlyFans. Yeah, send us your uh, <laughs> send us your OnlyFans accounts. Wow! Look, I can't do that, but Bree might be able to. <laughs> Actually, Zach is telling us about. Yeah, the... you should tell tell Bree about Zach's OnlyFans. Yeah, Zach has a great OnlyFans. Now, actually, he's telling us about he's uh, starring in a movie. Oh wow! What movie? Like what kind of movie? <laughs> like an OnlyFans movie? <laughs> It's a short clip. It's a very short film. Um, a movie about weightlifting. Amazing. Yeah. Are you a weightlifter? Yes. Well, huh? yeah. Not not like I an accomplished one. <laughs> like they're at, wait they're, they're at base base gym with uh, Sunny, right? Yes, that's right. Sunny's a homie. Sunny's a good guy. Sunny represents the weightlifting community at our gym. Yeah, he's a good lad. What do you what do you guys call lads out in uh mate mate uh, he's a good mate yeah, yeah right all oh, right lads is british mate is aussie that's right yeah. all right well we got to get back to the podcast anyways thanks for call or thanks for um, picking up at Denny J at base body babes All right, back to our regularly scheduled content. All right, so you're you guys raised a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, epic. That's right. a huge accomplishment. So what's next? And like, I want to know what's your role in the movie coming up. What do you What do you want to get out of it once this thing's released? And what do you hope the impact is on the weightlifting community? Because if you didn't know, for the listener, I started the barbell career I find myself in as being a very bad weightlifter. 
transferred over to being a powerlifter pretty well. So I have a really big place in my heart for weightlifting. So I think this is really cool, by the way. Definitely cool. I want that emotion that I felt reading the script. I want everyone else to fucking feel that. What's that? Like, the just the spectrum of emotion. Like, I legitimately weeped when I read it. Because it was so, it hit home so much. Because you were able to identify with the character. Or? Yeah, I mean, not even that. Just reading a story that has some sad moments or and and things going on that, and you relate to. I mean, it's like when you put your mind to something for so long, and you begin to question <clears throat> like your reality. You begin to question all these different things. But at the end of the day, all you can do is keep doing what you've been doing. Like you just keep going on and on. Right and like, like this what are you what are you what are you gonna do? Are you just gonna quit and go bag groceries? Or, I mean that uh... that is something that this guy battles with, mm. um, and he's nearing the end of his career. It's hard to see what is the reality of his goal and what the next thing is gonna happen. Like he's in limbo and he's in mm. Buffalo, New York, with no one, mm-hmm. and it's like pretty brutal. So in what's that the way. main struggle he's facing? Well, so it's that it's that basically. It's mm. like having no direction but also having a very hard direction which yeah. is like I want to make it to the Olympics mm. I want to be at the Olympics I want to compete at the highest level mm. but I don't even know if I want that mm-hmm. and beyond that his relationship with his father is it goes on the rocks because of it um, because everyone else is like you're an idiot why are you not building a career why are you not doing these things yes wow that sounds like so many people that I know yeah and and it's similar it like I can't, I can't tell you exactly what happens. I can't say say that, but it definitely tugs at your heartstrings. And then you know, like the the end, it like it gives you chills. I mean, yeah. it's just it's the and and anyone who's been involved in strength sport or sports mm-hmm. in general or not even that, like it's just a good narrative. Like mm-hmm. I just love the story of it. So I hope mm-hmm. people can get that out of it. But the next move, I think that's a really. Before you go on, I just want to touch on the fact that I think that story will be a really fucking great story for a lot of athletes and a lot of people involved in all of those sort of niche fitness sports that don't necessarily pay out at a high level. A lot of people who are kind of mixed up in that amateur intermediate level of competing in CrossFit, weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, hell, even bodybuilding. There's a lot of people that sort of are in that same position right now. Yeah. Like, so this is a guy who would medal at juniors, and he uh, would win Pan Ams, and he has a, American records. Mm. But it just it's hard because there's no sponsorships. There's no there's no nothing. He's by himself in New York with his dad, in Buffalo, New York, with his dad mm. training his ass off, and it's it's. Already sets the tone for just how this whole thing is. So fucking uphill. How does this? How do you see your experience in weightlifting influencing your ability to like really relate to the character and show some of your own experience in in the sport in the film? You know, like part of my whole thing always. Like I know it's corny, but this no excuses just improve. Like. The point of that whole thing was like it's never it, – it, it's two two things. One of them is like if you're, if you're worried about process rather than your goal, like it's not that you're always going to succeed. You'll just keep moving. 
You'll, you'll always keep doing what you're doing. If you expect things, if you, if you are reward-based, there's always a disconnect because the rewards don't ever line up the way that you think that they should. So, so you start based off of process and that's it. In that sense, there is no excuse because you know, you can always get a fraction better. You can always do that. You can, you can always do something to keep moving. And that's on the other side of that. There's always that battle of being like, well, like what's the fucking point? What if I never actually do what I want to do? You know, you, how many times have you guys in this room been like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, it has to go through your mind at some point. Another part of that entire thing was like, I realized that you can't walk into the gym and be like, I fucking love it. I love training every day. There's no way. If you train long enough, it's not like, fuck yeah, it's an amusement park. I PR every day. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of a, it's just what you do. Process at some point. And I realized the reason why that thing happens is because it's the lesser of two evils. One of them is like, okay, so you stop training because it's not that fun anymore. Stopping training is worse than training. So I train. You know, I, I it's not me training because I think it's the best thing ever and I do it because I love it and I enjoy it. It's all happy and it's all great. It's just I know I would be miserable if I didn't fucking train. And I know everyone in this room would be pretty miserable if you didn't fucking train either. So... Having that experience with just a barbell, like one stupid little implement and doing the same two movements and squatting and all you want to do is get stronger for years and years and years and years, like that is something that I don't even have to act that on screen. I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really natural to you at this point. Yeah. Like you can really feel the emotion of that character struggle. Yeah. I mean, the the only thing is like, yeah, I'll never be a, a national champion. I'll never be a Pan-American champion. But those are side things, right? Like the relatability of this film is should, should be for anyone who's put in the time, mm. the long time, and is always questioning their kind of their existence. Mm-hmm. It's very existential in that way. And it's so funny that we have this reminder every day of our existence, which is the barbell. Like every day you go in and it's like this thing it punishes you. And yeah. it, that, that was literally why we called – or that's why Adam called it the weight because it's not just like the literal weight, but it's the weight of like the – of like the weight of the world. It's like the weight of uh, the, the burden and the pressure of everything in your life. And it's such a – it's just such a great metaphor. It's an incredible metaphor. Like, I mean, com- we make movies about running, mm. fighting. Yep. There's fuck. There's even a movie about arm wrestling, and like weightlifting over is the top. Over the top, dude. <laughs> Damn, that's a good movie. Yeah, but it's like we. What better way to like show grit and determination and fight and all of that than like, yeah, this sport. No, I hundred percent agree. Do you think that like if you can like what level? Do you have any idea of like what level of exposure it'll get if? assuming everything goes to plan Nick gets made and everything so the important thing is like this is a really low budget film but it's still probably the highest budget piece of content ever made about weightlifting yeah. like it's 1.162 million dollar budget and everything to the dime has been written where where we're, where it's gonna go yeah how long is it supposed to be the like the movie itself two 
two two hours. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's so it's a drama. Feature yeah. film. Yeah, it's a feature film. Two wow. hours. So uh, it's nice too. It's up in Buffalo, so we'll get a tax write off. You know, we're not we're not in New York City. We're not in a big city, so it's really good from that standpoint. Like one point one six two goes a long way there compared to other places. So we did that tactfully. That was a you could, definite reasoning behind that. When you, when it's in production, you're promoting it. Do you feel like do you feel like having connections and knowing people within the social media community, YouTube community, will help you get exposure to it? That's how we got our hundred thousand dollars, basically. Yeah. yeah. So so that, like, well, so basically the process, and I think a lot of people have this process when you're a low budget movie, mm-hmm. is you go to film festivals, which mm-hmm. also are highly political. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get a bigger name to act in this thing. Mm-hmm. We have a few connections to bigger names. We can't mention them, sure. but they are like very, very prevalent actors mm-hmm. and actresses. And that'll be badass. If we get into a film festival, film festival is basically a way for investors and streaming services now to like put money into marketing to it? see if they want to buy it. Basically, oh, okay. Really? So it's more like of like Netflix. it's like a uh, a showcase. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I never you thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. So you you would put it in there, and then like someone from Netflix would just would go to the to the festival, or they'd see a screening of it. Like they would send their scout there. Basically, like yeah, and they would an and then athlete. they would offer. It's like a Sundance, right? Then the, Sundance, Tribeca, Toronto, yeah. Chicago, every place has a can is the most famous one it's the biggest one but you know if it it also would it could go theatrical release and then beyond that whatever happens with streaming happens with streaming i feel the like crazy it, thing now though with streaming services is that netflix originals are unbelievable yeah and they like with covid we all realized that people wouldn't Go to the movie theater and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can release a movie on Netflix and everyone's going to watch it. It's yeah. going to get a lot of exposure. Yeah. You're going to get what you want out of it. There's so it's a very weird world. Ne- like original Netflix movies are now like theatrical level quality level movies with like big name actors in them. Mm-hmm. Like you could get a Denzel Washington in Netflix or an HBO movie. Of course. Like that's I feel like that's where everything's going. Like COVID really accelerated that. I don't even know if our movie theaters even in business anymore. Yeah, I think they're still going to have a place in this world. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to have the same level of importance. And something really interesting just happened. So, like, last week, I read that Universal Studios and AMC came to an agreement formally that they can cut the time between theatrical and digital release down to 17 days. Wow. So, after wow. Se- imagine 17 days after Star Wars comes it's out, it's on digital. Yeah, it's crazy. That's it. What? I still yeah. think that with movies, man, it's the experience of going of course, to the movie theater. Dude. Like I, I love I, it. I, like, yeah. I, you can never replace that to me. Yeah, like Tenet like, coming out. I want to see like, that in the theater. Like going yeah. Out, yeah. yeah. No. The new James yeah. Bond movie, hundred percent. Yeah. I want to go sit in that theater. And yeah. Feel Pop that something about that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like the the difference between going to a restaurant and getting Uber Eats. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. Unless you have an epic home theater, but. Not yeah, but it's also like you wouldn't you wouldn't order from like a high end restaurant. You know, it's not the same like. I saw Nusseret had there an option on Uber Eats. You could buy a thousand dollars steak. Yeah, bro, they got to pay that hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Like rent. you, you want to eat that? Like I want to eat that in the place with the environment. Like yeah. you know, I, I don't you want to fucking guy, sit at my table. You want like, the, the fucking guy to come. Yeah, to your dude, table that's what I'm saying. And, you want everything that that place has to offer. Yeah. 
Same with the movies. That's crazy. Nah, man. I want them to throw that in a doggy bag, let it moisten up, <laughs> be sitting. You, get, steak you take a two hundred dollars so, steak to go. Yeah, just let it yeah. get soggy in there. Yeah, you know, and then that, sit down. It up. And the throw fat on some content would YouTube leak video. through the bag, and it would probably fall out of the Dude, bag. That's what happened to our barbecue last night. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds familiar. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really, that happened. Yeah, we North Carolina barbecue is no joke. Wait, a leak it. The bag was moistened. And yeah, it broke, broke open in the driveway. Yeah, how come I didn't hear about this? Because you were off in La La Land. You yeah. fed me the barbecue from the ground. It was ground barbecue, yeah. Only yours, though. Ground Q. Fuck. It's cutting edge here in North Carolina. Okay, wow. so the the when do you expect the movie to come out and like talk about the next steps for you? When do you expect it to start filming? What's that process look like? We We just have to get investors now. So the cool thing is we have like talking to investors, we have proof that like people are interested. We got a thousand two hundred donors and we have hundred over a hundred thousand dollars already. So we have less than ten percent of it the budget already filled up. But that's more than just being like, Hey, here's a good idea and I promise you people like it, you know. Yeah. We we at least have proof. So we're gonna go to investors. What we'll do with the hundred thousand is get um this legal team, which is great. Like you need an entertainment lawyer so you can start signing on people. So first and foremost, you have to sign on the production team, which will be like myself, the DP assistant producer. And then the, one of the most important is a casting agent, which casting agent at this point is just people who have relationships with agents, like close relationships. Hey, I got a movie for you, you know, cause I can't just go up to some like Joaquin Phoenix's agent and be like, be in my movie. Yeah. I'll be like, no, you, you, no. Yeah, we only deal pro, with like a we only deal with yeah. We only deal with these people. There's a channel. Yes, to so, filter so out bullshit. A casting agent is an expense, and that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then also, obviously, funding. Then, if we get funding as soon as possible, we're looking to shoot in March. Um, and if you know. The, the COVID stuff is still a worry. It'll be all right because we will have some extra expenditures for like those protocols, which would be testing and kind of we would try to set it up in a s- controlled format to where people wouldn't be exposed to COVID and stuff like that, like similar mm-hmm. to a bubble format like the NBA if possible. We would do something like that. I mean, closed sets are usually – I mean, sets are usually like mm-hmm. personal. You're not going to – people aren't going to be walking in and out that we don't know who they are. So that will we'll shoot in March. I'm not entirely, it's like a 40 day shoot. That's like the typical length of a shoot. Really? It takes 40 days to film it. Yeah. Full, full, wow. full fucking days, man. Eight yeah. to 12 hours a day. Yeah. Um, Just for two hours. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's insane. I mean, it's, it's a super grind. Like it's, you know, like we were, we were, doing the podcast and we did it till like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then we laid in our beds because we were all so wired and like couldn't fall asleep because we were like mm-hmm. awake from it mm-hmm. that's essentially what's going to happen at first because everyone's just so excited like you're mm-hmm. just working on the film for like you know and then you just get so tired that, mm-hmm. that whatever so March filming and then festivals 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 and then hopefully we can tie it in with the Olympics dude yeah, so you want to you want to be out by the summer? Yeah. So June next year? Yeah. So do you think like I think the this I think the potential for something being really cool and bringing a lot of exposure to the sport 
will be good for weightlifting, like in general. Yeah, I mean, that would be huge. Getting a what could influence kids to get into weightlifting more than yeah. seeing? I was gonna say you watch a movie when you're a kid, and then you're like, yeah. oh, I want to, I want to yeah. do that. I need to do you it. You know, CrossFit yeah. got on Netflix. Yeah, and <laughs> their Westside, their Westside budget was Netflix. nothing. And Westside did. Westside versus Westside's the world, right? on there. But oh, see, it is? documentaries okay. are different because essentially this is where the budget goes. Like if people want to know where budget goes, if we have a cast and crew of 60 people, you have to pay 60 people for 40 days straight. Yep. That's a company. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden it's not about – You're running a company. You're running a company months. and you're running payroll. It's just a short-term business. Yeah. It's a pop-up shop. And so in that respect, like if you think about Marvel, they have like 3,000 employees on one movie. Yeah. It's – you know they'll take the list at the 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 scrolling credits. It's ridiculous because they'll the, the special effects. They'll have entire buildings that they rent out with five hundred employees working on like four or five of like the digital effects on like a couple of scenes, yeah. and they'll have ten of those. So us, you know, sixty people, seventy people. I don't know how many people Adam would know. Hey Marcus, has your mic been recording your questions this whole time? Because I saw you just adjust. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just, yeah. I was okay. fiddling with it. So yeah. So, you want to get? It sounds like kids into weightlifting. For sure. You want to inspire them, like like watching an epic like football movie, like yeah. we probably all saw growing up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's doesn't matter what it is if and, and the thing is like you don't even have to like sports no one you don't have to know what weightlifting is you don't have to be involved in this community this isn't just for like this is a fucking good story yeah, it's dude. just a good movie in yeah general. you know we don't when you make a boxing movie you're like you're not like this is for the boxing community you're like no this is just a fucking sweet story yeah, think like, about yeah. rocky like rocky was just a good story i think mm. our so did you guys see uh bleed for this no. did you see bleed for Really good. What is it about? It's uh, about this fighter. He's out of Providence, Rhode Island. He's like uh, an Italian. His name's like Graziano or something, Mickey or something like that. And uh, he is he's like a light featherweight or something. And he gets in a horrible car accident. And he, instead of getting the surgery or like his, his discs fused – which would have obviously ended his career. He oh, got a I halo. Yeah. Do you know oh, what a yeah, halo yeah, yeah, is? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they fucking screw. They screw it into his head. Yeah. Into your skull. They yeah. put screw. Yeah. And he was in a halo for like six months straight. And he's like, I'm going to fight again. And then he came back and he became world champion. And it was like, it's a great movie. Dude. I remember seeing that coming. He's like, isn't he like punching the bag in the halo? In the halo, yeah. And he's like doing like bench press with like 90 pounds, you know, his first day back. Yeah. Like grinding. It was just like, it's it's super inspiring and yeah. it's really gritty. I want to watch that movie now. Yeah. It's, it's badass. I would watch it again if you guys want to watch it or whatever. But um, I, I would hope that it would inspire something like that. That oh, movie yeah. cost... I, I want to say five point five million dollars to make. Wow! I think maybe more, maybe more. I think. I think if there's a kind of movie that a, a maybe people 13. in our generation and the generations below us and more people in America need to see, it's stories like that of being extremely disadvantaged and getting your ass fucking handed to you, 
and coming back from the ground up to like build yourself back up like uphill against all odds and like working like seeing what working your ass off looks like yeah in like 30 in like a two-hour film well, that's kind of the story that we're telling right now yeah no of course. not only of this movie but of like the last six months and whoever knows how long this this thing that we're living through is gonna last yeah it's a story of resilience it's like not only like who can survive but how do you survive and how do you deal with this thing that what people haven't dealt with in over a hundred years yeah yeah under break that's the thing it's just a metaphor the weight is a metaphor mm. you know the weight of the world it's, it's you're it's gonna good. when you film this assuming everything goes well which i really really hope it does you might have to get some fake plates oh no we are <laughs> Yeah. No, my goal is to like be able to snatch 140 uh-huh. by then, which I I know I will. Maybe like 145 if if and then with like, fake plates that'll be like 185. Yeah. And then clean and jerk over 225, so 500 pounds, that'll end up being like 175. Like cuz you're going to be filming scenes and you're just going to be stop doing Adam reps. said you need to be able to snatch 120. And clean and jerk, 145, like, every day. Hey, man, it's just the daily minimum. That's what – and That's I'm easy. saying – Yeah, it's a daily minimum. Yeah. And, dude, it wasn't like – I – obviously, it's an incredible privilege to be a fucking movie star. Like, that mm-hmm. – but in my mind, it's more of like, okay, the whole thing is visual and audio. Like, you – the aesthetic of the feet slapping the floor, like all of those visual and, and audio auditory things that are so important to yeah. movies. Cause like yeah. actors really aren't that important. It's like whatever they show you is important. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just going to be grunts yeah. and your face, the sound lifting. of the bar dropping, like sweat hitting, going from your face yeah. and hitting the floor. Yeah. Just shit like that, you know? And, and, because they're, they're communicating a mentality and an experience through film. Exactly. And uh, it's just going to be a cool-ass process, and I'm, I hope it all pans out, you know, for sure. Dude, I'm really, really excited to see this. I've never seen anything about weightlifting, powerlifting. It's such a hard story to convey from the athlete's point of view because if, if you're just chasing a sport, right, if you're not using it as a metaphor for something else – the grind for so many years of slowly getting better and people not giving a shit about it. That that's like there's It's really powerful to actually, show that in a film to be able to relate that to people. There's actually a point where like he verbalizes that. He's like, I'm literally one of the best American weightlifters ever. And I can walk down the street and no one will know my, who the fuck I am. No one will ever give a fuck about who I am. That's the reality that a lot of the strength sport community faces. I mean, I would say probably a lot of the powerlifting community. Oh, for sure. Definitely the CrossFit community, the weightlifting community, strongman community. Unless you are Hafthor Bjornsson or Eddie Hall yeah. and Matt Frazier or, I mean, shit, people don't know any of the powerful, popular American powerlifters. Nobody knows. Nobody cares except for that small following online. And that's got to eat at you, man. Like – no matter how much you say you love it for the the fact that it's you versus you, 
and that you'll never give up no matter what until like yeah. still has to fucking eat at you. <laughs> Nobody recognizes you knows who you are. Unless, a little bit. Unless you make it into Call of Duty. Damn, shout out Tony Seminat. Yeah, yeah, so wait, tell me about that. Who how do you guys do you you train at his gym? Yeah, we train Does at his gym. Does he own his that own that gym? He's part owner with his partner named Diego. Yeah. yeah. And he Diego's is... like a boxing instructor. He's yeah. a kick ass fighter. Yeah. There's a lot of world class champion MMA fighters and boxers that train at that gym too. That's so sick. Yeah, it's sick. You go up there and there's and he, just killers up real there. Real world tactical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just, that's his tag. He's been in the social media game for a while. Used to be a Marine, was SWAT for like ten or twenty years. Like literally real world fucking experience. Like Calls day in, day out, highly a SWAT team. Um, you know, drugs, murders, guns. Loves powerlifting that. now. Now he's big into fucking powerlifting. Still does a lot of, like, boxing, MMA, that kind of thing. Yeah, he's super strong, too. And, and he teaches uh, courses to, like, police officers. Yeah, teaches courses great. to... Still does a yeah. lot of the I mean, we were talking... Law enforcement needs better training now more than ever, That's man. Basically, what he does. Yeah, he does that. He teaches them how to deal with with people. Yeah, you know. Did you guys see the Joe Rogan where Jocko Willink was like, they might train an hour a month? Yeah, I was watching that. Yeah, I was watching it <clears throat> recently, talking about how much training they they don't get. He was talking about what he was talking about was how he was like, I know this because I know how to train them. He's like, but they don't, they don't do it. They don't have the money for it, whatever. He was talking about how they put their seals through. It's, it's just a, he said it was a matter of, and I might get this a little bit wrong, but from what I recall, he said it was a matter of making them do the, their job under really stressful situations. Like they have like in their, their training should be like hours on top of hours of them doing what they need to do in the real world with like live rounds going off around them and people mm-hmm. screaming at them and smoke and air horns and all kinds of shit. And I think, I think he might've Tim Kennedy was like in another podcast I was listening to. And Tim was talking about like when he goes to shoot his pistol, he it's hard for him to go to like a normal quiet gun range and just like casually shoot his handgun yeah. because he's so used to, he's so used to um, shoot you got to put your mic down because I, I know I'm, I'm just oh. when I talk. Oh, okay, he's so used to he's so used to shooting his handgun under stress and duress that shooting it in just like a normal setting without shit going on is like driving him. It's like he can't well, he feel he probably feels like he's not training. Yeah. Why would you go to the range for if you were Tim Kennedy? Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. It's, it's not, training. Yeah. Have any of you guys heard of uh, Tony Blower? Yeah, he would. He did like the CrossFit self defense for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I had a pretty cool privilege to uh, go through his program just by like accident, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like someone I knew was going to do it, and they dropped out, and it was like, it was like either like two to four thousand dollars, and I got in on it, and basically it was like Navy SEALs, uh, like Special Forces guys, and me, like just a fucking normal dude. How long, how long ago was this? Uh, two years ago. Okay. And um. Dude, it was pretty wild because I was put through like the the whole thing for basically it's different if you were like doing personal defense versus these guys like cops, special forces guys. The way he goes about it's like totally different. And we spent like an entire day just talking about uh, fear, the fear loop, and uh, high stress inoculation, and got put through so many drills. Like it was 
fucking crazy. Um, but basically what he was saying this evening is Jocko, where we have our cops who are training and they don't train in anywhere near the stress level possible that's going to happen in the real world. Yeah. And, and basically they get trapped in a fear loop and there's, we watch like CC, like all these videos, dude, mm. of like, okay, there's a terrorist in New York who's like running people over. He gets out of the van. The cop's never been put in a situation like that. And he can't draw his gun because he's just freaked like mentally yeah. just yeah. like stuck in he's this frozen. fear loop. Or like um, a couple guys like had pulled people over and they went to check the person's ID. As they check the ID, the person just pulls a gun out, but they panic and they just squeeze the ID as tight as they can. And then they think it's their gun. So they're actually pull, like pointing oh the ID Wow! because they're just stuck in the fear loop, dude. Uh, mega so, panic, mega yeah. panic, fucking yeah. Because they don't train that way, like, and even like basic stuff. We we learned like how if someone's like, like cops are somehow taught to step back yeah. when they should always be engaging, mm-hmm. and like we were watching videos of people who were shot like ten times, and like you would think, oh, a person would go down, dude, no. nothing. So a guy like Ian, who's two hundred. 30 plus pounds running at me mm-hmm. and I'm going backwards and I'm shooting him. Where do you think all that momentum's going right onto the guy? Yeah. Right now the guns like this, they grab the gun, shoot the cop. Like it's just like crazy stuff yeah. like that. No, like yeah. they don't train or practice. Um, but yeah, dude, like just to kind of piggyback on what we were saying, it was like super eye opening for yeah. me. The dynamics, they're, they're not training the actual realistic dynamics of these altercations and stuff. And so they don't go, as good as they could probably go, we should probably not delve too much more into that. Or nah, start. this is this is touchy subject in twenty twenty yeah. America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Joe Rogan though has done a lot of discussing about it because yeah. I I don't think that this is in not this is not a like we're not touching on anything else. It's just mm-hmm. like I think everyone can agree that like generally being a cop is like a very very important position. Right. Well, any service profession is going to like, yeah, like any service profession is going to mess you up. And so when you get guys who are just clocking in, clocking out and like not training the hardest they can, it's, it becomes more dangerous in sit on like high stress situations. Well, you think anything, dude, lifting, like you training your environment all the time. You should, you see athletes get show up at competitions. The plates are different color. Yeah. Like I've seen that screw people up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah, now we have a crowd when they're used to just wearing their earbuds the entire time. So yeah. from my perspective, it's more just like a performance thing. Like, yeah. you know, so it's, you're telling your buddies like training. Like that's awesome. Like performing when it counts under pressure. Yeah. I just, I think like executing very small tasks is such a great way to train. Like, I say this thing, um, low expectations, high standards. And people people hear that as like a negative thing because you have low expectations, right? Mm-hmm. But when the word expectations itself, it's you expect. Like you're not you're, – it's passive. You're not going out and making it happen. So low expectations is do the little things but to the highest, absolute highest degree. And in weightlifting meets – you get guys who want to open near PRs because they, you know, it's like, stop worrying about PRs. Make lifts, brother. <laughs> like, we've trained this hard and you're out, you're coming out here to, we flew over here, we pay for hotels, all this stuff, and you're going to go out and risk missing because you're, 
you know? Yeah, you know you know what's funny about that? When I was first started competing in powerlifting three years ago, I would want to go out, and I would want to go out guns blazing. And you know what it did? It fucked with my psyche every time because I was always worried if I'm going to hit this, if I'm going to miss. The, the most. You know what the most stressful part of a powerlifting competition is? It's your first squat. That is the most terrifying part of a powerlifting competition because your first time yeah. with the spotters, your first time under that barbell, it's your yeah. first time with the judges. You don't know what's going to happen. The whole day is set based on your first squat. Or just squats in general. It's the open. It's the opening snatch so, as well. Yeah. So if you wanna, if you wanna set your tone, you know what I started doing, Setting like over the last two competitions, is I start, I, I open my squat really light. Like if my best squats in the eight hundreds. I'll squat like seven low sevens as yeah. my first squat. Yeah, like a hundred pounds below your. Yeah, floor. like something that's just so easy that I walk up to the barbell with like a fucking smile on my face, like and I'm a, like, like a ninety percent. I make it my last warm up. Dude, and you yeah. nailed it because you said smile. Like, what does that do? It builds confidence. Oh, I go out there and like, I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm like, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. I'm gonna sink this. Yeah. There's no question. Start in off my your life. first lift bombing it. Fuck that, dude. Most You're most like, men. What? So in weightlifting, most men. If you want to hit a PR, so for me, like a competition PR would be 141 kilos. Most men should be able, in my position, to do open at 131, which is, you know, if I'm in good prep, like I can literally do that with my eyes closed. 131, 136, 141. If you earn the right to close that gap on 10 kilos, you deserve your PR. You know what that is? It's the same thing Sebastian says. You earn the right to put the weight on the bar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. It's a great. It's a great like maxim to keep in your it's, head it's, throughout training. It it just only makes logical sense that way because if you think you're in good shape, like you have two attempts prior to prove it, and then you get that attempt, you get your shot. What do you, you don't need three shots at it. You know, all you need is one if you're ready and you're on. You're going to do it, but you have to take those steps beforehand. I think this is a pretty interesting topic we're on towards the end of this podcast, so I think it would be pretty, like, we're all athletes in our own right, so I think it'd be pretty interesting to kind of talk about our mindset going into a competition as far as goals and expectations and that sort of thing. Um, now, Joey, you're a, you're a pro strongman. You've done some pretty high-level strongman competitions and that's something a little bit different than most people who do weightlifting or CrossFit or powerlifting. Mm-hmm. How do you approach a competition that, you know, is, is like a, you know, you've been training for it and you have, you know, maybe you put pressure on yourself or maybe you, maybe you don't. How do you kind of go into that so you perform at your best? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things that I am an advocate of myself, my athletes, is visualization outside of training. So... When I set a goal on something, I've literally mold everything around that goal. So my thought process, like I visualize the event so many times on top of already doing it over and over and over again. Hell, I even visualize screwing up. Like in some strongman events, say like a, I don't know, a medley or a drag, like I visualize, okay, if I fuck up and I miss the strap, what like do do? don't panic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like don't like that just in my head, like don't panic, get yourself, get the strap and go. Yeah. Cause you'll see guys who are confident shit hits the fan and then they go into that panic mode which we just talked about and instead of just continuing on like doing your job you've now wasted time you waste opportunity you get flustered uh so for me i'm just a very simple like like i said i visualize um i go through what would happen if it was good what would happen if it's bad 
And in Strongman, it's nice because there's five events. Mm-hmm. So maybe I have a bad event. I don't let it define the rest of how the competition is going to go. It's out the window. I move on to the next one. Uh, I don't care about any external factors. Like I don't care what music is on. Mm-hmm. I don't care where we're competing, what the yeah. temperature's like, like any of that stuff. You don't set the standard that you can only perform under set conditions if things are perfect. Yeah, like how many people do you know who are like, I need my PR song or so I need many. I need to so wear many. this. That's such like, a that's such a common thing nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Or like 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 but this is like crazy stuff. Like say someone has uh I don't know, like certain knee sleeves they like to wear and they fucking forget them. Like then that you're w- already sabotaging. You're yeah. sabotaging yourself mentally, yeah. and you're basically guaranteeing an underperformance. For when sure, it's like there's absolutely no physiological need for you to underperform without this. Or same like, thing. In, how many times have you been in the back room, weightlifting or powerlifting meet or strongman event? You have your warm up set to like a very specific progression, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you, oh yeah, you're, oh, you're dude, three li- you're three drops out, you're, you're ten that's, lifts out. I would like, say it's oh, a higher fuck. Li- yeah. I would say that's a higher ca- possibility. Then it going perfectly well, dude. Yeah. Ha- have any of oh, you guys well, competed in strongman? Have any? Yeah. Of you- okay. Uh, no. So here's an example. So my circus dumbbell for nationals and worlds was 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. The warm up weights available is a 75, a 150, and 200. Those are your warm up <laughs> weights. You know what I mean? And then you have 30 dudes. Wow. So it turns into a dog eat dog yeah. of. Who's going to get their hands on the dumbbell to, to warm up with? Who can get a rep or two in? Yeah. Before you got to go. Like, and that's all of strongman. Like if you show up at a strongman competition there, you have to assume that there will be nothing for you to warm up with every single time. Yeah. Like that's the crazy. That was like the craziest part for me is like that's showing insane. up coming from other sports where like we actually had stuff, even in weightlifting. Like I know oh, yeah. there's like platform dominance and shit that like goes on like that. No, but at weightlifting the same time, is rel- way more controlled. Yeah, like but you yeah. still are like okay. I know I got time. I can warm yes. up a little bit, yes. dude. Strongman, fucking nothing. And yeah. you're just about to pull a max deadlift, uh, carry a yoke on your back. It's like it's a like thousand super pounds. ghetto and just like they're yeah, dude. Yeah. And like yeah. so. That's fucking, and like you'll have guys who are like, like, hey, where's the fattest person I can find? Hop on my back and let me yeah, get dude. back for like, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. And, and then you'll have guys who complain about it. I'm like, yo, we're all in the same boat right now, yeah. dude. I'm yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, that's interesting, but you have to make that a part of your life. Yeah, dude. Like, you just have to revel in that because that's not, that's the norm. Mm-hmm. So that's your sport. Yep. It's not, an, it's not a disadvantage. It's definitely just what you guys do, right? Yeah. It's yeah, no, like, it's made me like super uh, appreciative and minimalistic. Like you just walk around, and you're like, "Fuck, dude, I've never had any of this stuff available, so now we have it. This is great." You know, mm-hmm. you just get used to that. That's the standard. Like, expect nothing. And then anything, everything else is icing. On yeah, the dude, cake. it's it's. Oh my god, like we have this. This is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, you know. But yeah, no, that's super interesting. And the one thing I'll say in regards to that, the one little bit I'll say is that I remember doing my last powerlifting meet in February, and. Like someone who relies on every little factor being right or having all these little specifics and always having an excuse of like it wasn't this bar that wasn't this plates or this happened, this happened. Those things are always going to happen. And so you're going to be that guy as long as you have that mentality of like the wrong bar, the wrong plates or like someone showed up late or the meat ran ahead of schedule. Like, that's always going to happen. That's the nature of competition. Shit is never perfect. All these things don't exist within a, a vacuum. At my last powerlifting meet, I showed up thinking the flights were going to be done at a certain period of time. 
I walked in the building, my first squat was happening in 20 minutes. <clears throat> so I had to warm up to like 7.20 or 7.30 in 20 minutes. So like, bet my ass is glad I have good cardio because I threw on my sleeves and did a couple of hip 90-90s and a banded march. And then I threw on, you know, two plates and started from two plates cold and then went plate, 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 plate in I think one to two minute rest periods and basically did like a squat Metcon up to 720 and then went out and nailed my opener. And then I had a 10 minute rest period to sit before my second. <laughs> yeah. Attempt. I remember that. That was That's funny. insane. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that happens. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You'll go into the back room of a powerlifting meet. Shit's chaos. Nobody ever controls those rooms. Yeah, no matter right. how good the competition is, there'll be a hundred people back there. And then the guy up front, you'll never be able to figure out like who's in what order in that flight. And you're like, Oh, hey, you're you're ten lifts out, and you're like, oh, I just took my first deadlift. Yeah, Mar- f- Marcus, you're up in three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like oh, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, you know, or you adapt and you figure out like, all right, I'm gonna figure out how to warm up for this really quick, or just take the least number of warm up reps possible. Yep. Yeah, I would say for for myself, um, and this actually goes for training too. It's uh, be an exceptional weightlifter. So it's not, and again, exceptional weightlifting is like a lot of it's just looking good, like controlling every movement. So I call it like hyper awareness and it's like, okay, every, if you, if you look at weightlifting, powerlifting in really any sport, it's, it's micro steps that lead up to each other. And all you have to do is look at the next micro step. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like literally take step, 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 hand, hand, eyes, breath, lift, that's the only thing I care about. There's no, uh, oh man, that past snatch that I did was bad. Or like, I'm wondering if I can hit 130 or what, you know, whatever the, the weight is that I have chosen. Like, I'm wondering if I, it's like, no, no, no. All I have is this little step next. And then if I'm able to do that consistently, just, it's like a march. You're just, you're mar- marching through all of the tasks that you have to do mm-hmm. on that day. And then, you end up moving fantastically and you become an exceptional weightlifter. So for me, it's like, it's just, what's the next step? And I mean like literally the step, like right foot, left foot. So it almost sounds like you dumbed down and like almost systemically, strategically created a process that makes you think less. Yeah. I mean, you, you, it's, you can't like, if you're hyper aware of like your hand and your other hand and like, like you, you literally can't think about the future and mm-hmm. you can't think about the past mm-hmm. because you're just doing so focused in the moment. And, and, and it um, sounds like the more comfortable and the less you think, and the less you're overanalyzing yourself. It sounds like the less you're thinking about all these extraneous bullshit, the more that you just kind of like your body kind of internally goes back into its own ingrained technique. And then that's where the training is paid off. If you train this proper technique, it's just going to flow and it's going to happen. My best meet was as a, as a one Oh nine and I qualified for nationals. I did uh one thirty nine, one sixty nine, And at that meet, that's where I decided to do that because I was, I kept asking Max, who's my coach. I was like, Oh, what, you know, what should I lift at? What, if I lift at this, like I can take this jump next. And then if I miss that, I can take this jump and all this shit. And I'm so nervous, stress, stress, stress. And then it's like, all right, Zach, take the barbell. And as soon as I take literally the first barbell rep, it's no longer anything else. It's those micro steps. I'll do the bar. I'll put it down. I'll sit down. I'm like, 
He'll put 70 on. I'm like, I can't wait to snatch this 70 next. I'm going to make it look so good. Snatch 70. Boom. Like, he puts on 90. Like, man, I'm stoked to fucking snatch 90. Like, and then I go up and I, you know, it's just punch your way through, like, over and over again. And then next thing you know, you've had the meat of your life. Interesting. You know? If you're battling those little steps, if you're battling to, like, Mm -hmm. get in it, Mm -hmm. there's no way you'll perform well. Yeah, that's badass. Marcus, what about you? I really value training the exact way that I'm going to compete. So when I'm in like a prep cycle, I train with a barbell. Not, I don't care what barbell it is, but like if I'm taking, if I'm going into a powerlifting competition and my goal is to squat out of a monolift, I train in a monolift. Mm -hmm. I train the exact same way every time. Mm -hmm. For 16 weeks, I'll take the same exact warm up repetitions. I'll take the same exact setup and I focus all my energy on perfecting the technique mm-hmm. so that I have those same mental cues like you were just talking about, like, Zach. So you have your cues, so you've, you've followed the same setup, you've you've done every single weight the no, same No, no, I've right? become a robot under a barbell. Mm-hmm. If I'm deadlifting, I know the exact steps, I know where my feet go, I know how far away from my shin that barbell is. Mm-hmm. I know every single warm-up and I know every single warm-up weight from zero to my top set. So when I go into a competition, I pretty much, I prioritize recovery leading up to it. So my number one thing is like, what's the minimal that I have to do to be as strong as possible leading into this thing? How do I become as relaxed and as calm and as confident as possible? And how do I do that? The easiest way is to practice how you play. So if I'm taking warm-ups in the back room, I know exactly what I'm going to do from the second I get in there to the second I step on the platform. And now that doesn't go perfect every time, and you have to learn to be really fluid and adapt to that situation. But I know exactly what my warm-ups are going to be, and I know exactly how I'm going to set up for that squat. Well, because I think because you've done all those warm-up weights to your deadlifts and your squats and your bench so frequently, and you know the numbers in your head, and you have the plate jumps memorized, and you've done them every single time you train – you know how they feel, and you know how fast they Dude, feel. You know, it's like a language. Yeah, it's you've you know, you've embedded it into your brain. Like you've yeah. created pathways that, like, yeah. So when I'm training, like, boom, 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 you know exactly what you want. Yeah, yeah. So when I'm training, I'm visualizing competing. I don't go to the gym to dick around. I'm not there to just squat for fun. I'm there. <laughs> that shit hurts, man. Yeah. I'm there to squat because I know that I know I have a goal from the second I start prep. That I know what I'm going to try and hit. I'll list out my attempt numbers. Like, I know this sounds crazy, but 12 weeks out, 16 weeks out, I'll say, I'm prepping for this this competition that's in four months. But you need to know every single step of the way what your progress needs to look like. And yeah. I plan that out with my coach. That's interesting. I say, this is what, like, so I, my big goal, hopefully leading up into March when I get to compete next, if it still goes on, is... I get to break the 1,000-kilo barrier. 1,000-kilo barrier in powerlifting is 2,200 pounds, right? That's huge for a powerlifter. Yeah. And to me, that's a big goal. I would say that's like 400 for a heavy – like most super heavies are going to get to 400. Yeah. It's like the beginning of being a good 308 weightlifter or powerlifter for me. Yeah. Right, so – I know, I'm going to know, I already know what I want to hit during that competition, but I know, I'm going to know at the beginning of that 16 week block, this is the progress I have to make. 
And it's at that point, it's set. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to cruise through this thing because I know exactly how I have to train for the next 16 weeks. And I think that a lot of people need to visualize that and also be fucking adaptive. If you realize that you want to hit a total, if you're a power, you want to hit your first 2K total, you want to hit your first 1500 total, like be realistic with your training because if you go to a competition, you're stressed out about numbers the whole time and you're not having fun. Like I miss a lift. I walk away from that laughing most of the time. It's like, all right, I'm re- I'm not ready for that. You know, like last year, I took 380 kilos off the ground two or three times failing it. And I smashed it that last prep cycle. And this year, I trained even smarter, and I smashed 400 kilos off the ground. But the big thing is, in any of these strongman, weightlifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, be adaptive and, like, don't lose sight of the fact that you have to have fun during this whole thing. Or you're just going to be a miserable, number-chasing, like, person. it never turns out that way. So, so one of the interesting things that you kind of mentioned is, you know, that you had your your numbers set, you know, and you have the idea of what what you want your numbers to be when you we do that. And I think I think that's interesting because that works for you personally. I take a little bit of a different approach. One of the things that I really am big on personally, what works for me is is that whenever I'm going to train for me, I I kind of take the reverse approach. I know how I want my training to go for that 12 months. And I have ideal, you know, I know what I want to do for my phases. I know what I want to do in my training. And I know exactly how I want my training sessions to be. I know how I want my diet to be. I know how I want my lifestyle, my sleep to be. And I don't necessarily set numbers for the competition itself. I just say, I want to make this preparation as great as possible and as injury-free and pain-free as possible. And I know that when meet day comes, I can do something fucking phenomenal. And, and during that process, I also have the goal of not... And this is something that is a little bit 50-50. Some people may agree. Some people disagree. I used to be of the mentality that I should sacrifice everything else in the rest of my life to make that training the number one priority. These days... I'm kind of the other other end of the spectrum where I say I where I don't give myself the excuse to like sacrifice my work, my career, my relationships as much so that whenever I get to the meet, if I don't do how I want to do at the meet, there's not the pressure of, well, you just wasted the last three or four months of your life to come fuck up at this meet. So I've not I've kind of do you think that's an out? Uh, well, I don't think it is. I don't. I, I'm I, I th- kind of devil's advocate here. It, you know what I mean? It could be, but for me, it's not. For me, it's just a way of assuring that I'm always happy. And like, I think in a weird, like, reverse psychology way, I give, I do that. It's beneficial to me in my life to maintain that life balance, and so I've continually like progressed in great ways. I think I am like to weird way to think about it because I've never been asked that before. I think I'm giving myself an out intentionally to make myself perform better because it's giving myself an out to reduce stress, which makes me perform better. Yeah. Um, one of my buddies told me that everyone who has quit their job or their lifestyle and altered it 
a lot to go and pursue weightlifting has ended up failing. Everyone he knows. And the reason for that is that they've actually lost purpose in their lives. And every man and every woman needs purpose. Mm -hmm. And and like um, Jordan Peterson said, like he has it great. Like, and he took it from, um, it's not Tolstoy, but one of the earlier Russian writers. Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. He said, if you, if, you don't have purpose, you harm yourself or you harm others. And you know what I mean? The, the person with no purpose is likely to commit a crime, is likely to do, be into drugs, is likely going to be suicidal as an eventuality of taking drugs and, okay. and self-harm. Mm-hmm. And when, when you take a part of your purpose and you sacrifice it so that you can pursue something and you think that you need to be gifted now with mm-hmm. the results, mm-hmm. right? So like... I quit my job. I deserve to have this total. You know, that's that's yeah. the speech of someone who doesn't get it. Mm. But if you keep your job and you respect the hour and a half that you get in the gym, so you work a nine to five and you get to the gym and you're like, I'm not going to fuck around because I might be a little tired here, but I don't have time to fuck around. Mm-hmm. And I got to wake up tomorrow morning and do it right. So like I am mm. constantly on my shit. Mm-hmm. When I'm in the weight room and I have no job, I might fuck around a little bit more. Well, it, I might it, have higher expectations. I might, you know. That was honestly one of the hardest parts about owning my own gym was like I used to have a full-time job. So going and training, you know, like you were saying, like that was my time to train. Like I had so much purpose in training. And then once it became a job, it's like you're just there all the time. It got very difficult to train because now it's associated with like my business and what I do all the time. And it took like me to really fucking change my mindset about it for it to become back to just like that pure enjoyment, the passion, the purpose and all that kind of stuff. But I, I can relate hard to that. And, you know, some people, you know, they do fine with it, but that was like a huge struggle. I was like, Oh my God, like owning a gym is going to be the sickest thing ever. I love it. I'm going to train all day. And like, that's like the furthest of what it actually was. Um, yeah, but you know, but I'm sure it motivates you now that you have a gym and you're like, if I don't train now, like, uh, I'm not going to be able to train today. Well, and- yeah, that's how it is, dude. Like I know at, at 10 o'clock, like, uh, you know, six days a week, I train from 10 to 12, like, and I have to do that and nothing else. Like nothing. I don't go to my office because if I go to my office, I start looking at shit mm-hmm. and that session is trashed. Yeah. Like, so it's like 10 to 12, my time, nothing else can fuck with me. Like get in the flow state. Um, and just changing my mindset in general, like I had to do that. And that was like one of the hardest things I had to do. Uh, but yeah, I can relate a lot to what yeah. you said. Uh, so, but Ian, if, if, if you're on, on your shit with your clients, mm-hmm. with your content, mm-hmm. with your new, like not nutrition, but just like, you know, you wake up at a, at a reasonable hour, mm-hmm. you get on, you start grinding, whatever. Mm-hmm. I bet you, you train better. Oh yeah, for sure. Rather than being like, roll out of bed when you want, babe, mm-hmm. get in the gym and, See what feel, what you want to do. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no way. Easy, yeah. And and so like in doing and doing that and kind of like coming into a meet and making sure I'm kind of staying on my shit, not just in training but in, in life also. I've sort of taken the pressure off myself to perform really hard. And and from my experience, you know, being at the being at CrossFit Games, being at high level powerlifting meets, being around a lot of high level athletes the athletes that are the most casual and relaxed about things perform the best. And I think it all comes down to stress 
and the person that puts so much stress to, on themselves, so much pressure on themselves to perform, for the most part, there's obviously an anomalies in people that perform well under stress, but people that are the most relaxed tend to do the best because you're not doing adrenaline. You're not a dumping adrenaline. You don't have, you know, a shit ton of cortisol flowing through your system. You're, you're sleeping well that entire prep. Like it translates, the lack of stress translates into measurable things that ultimately lead to you progressing yep. a lot better. And so whenever I get to a meet, when people ask me what I want to hit at the meet, usually I'm just like, damn, it'd be great to do this, but I don't know what I'll be capable of on that day. I don't know what's going to happen between now and then. I'm doing all these things every day, you know, along the way that should by default translate to me getting way stronger. I don't know what that's going to be. I know what my first attempts are going to be. But then I'm just going to kind of go from there and yeah. say, you what know, feels what's really good. interesting about that, actually, is that if you it's like in life and this, this could be good as we're kind of getting to the end of this mm -hmm. podcast here in life, maintaining this kind of cerebral, this, this kind of balance between work and pleasure and your home. And it's like the more you hyper focus on one of the facets of your life the more pressure you apply to it, the more pressure you apply to yourself. I actually think that's a detrimental thing. Of course it is. There's, there's a certain time and place for focusing on your business throughout the day. There's a certain time and place for focusing on your training. But I've no, I've also noticed for myself, like the less that you like hammer pressure down on this specific thing, the less I think about a 400 kilo deadlift, the more likely I was to make that happen the less i focus on gaining every new client for my business the more likely that the process becomes automated the stress level goes down and then when you talk to those people it's like you have this really cool like jolly almost like air to you levities in the air you can talk to them as a very casual person pressures off the conversation you could just be like hey man what's up i'm checking in on you hope all is well you know, I'd love to catch up sometime, bam, 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 and you do enough of that, and you'll be successful in business, it, and the more that you just go into the gym, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, like, I got an hour and a half, two hours in here today, this is my time, I'm gonna put my music on, I'm done working, like, okay, what do I have to do, you look at your program for the day, like, oh, cool, I have to deadlift 600 pounds today, you know, whatever the thing is for you, you gotta snatch 100 kilos for 10 sets of one, Whatever the thing is today, and you're like, okay, this is like another part of my day that I get to focus on right now, mm -hmm. and then it's going to be done, and then I'm going to go home, and then I'm going to rest, and I'm going to recover, and I'm not going to stress about tomorrow. And it's inevitably going to happen where all that shit gets blurred, and things are going to bleed over into one another, but the more your day becomes this like... Lifestyle... Dude, I was, that's why I was laughing, because I was... Call it lifestyle CrossFit. You know? You're not a master. You're not hyper-focused on one asset. Mm -hmm. You're just like kind of... There's like the three factors, you know, lifestyle training and what was the other was like, uh, I mean, to me, it's, it's, like, it's to like, me, number one, it's like, if you own your own business, then it's focusing on your business. Okay. I'm, so let's say work, yeah, training and yeah. like home. pleasure and home, home stuff, yeah. right? You can't, you have to, you can't be like trying to master one of them. You just have to be pretty good at all. Of no, them, you put too much time. pressure in right? one direction it's, and it's going to start to crumble. Well, I think the, the big takeaway, and, and this is kind of what I want to end with. It's something that I, it's so damn hard to, to get across to people. And if you guys are listening to this right now, if you've made it this far in this podcast, this is probably like one of the biggest takeaways for you as a, as a listener. 
is that you you can't control these things. You can't control something I talk with my nutrition clients about. If you set a number that you want to hit at a competition, you can't you don't have direct control over how strong you get. You have control over the things you can do to get strong. And so like you don't know what your body is and isn't capable of. You don't have control over the weight you're going to be after you do a 12-week diet. What you have control over is how well you do the actionable habits that are going to ideally take you in that direction. So you're going to you you pick a time frame, you pick 12 weeks and you do all these actions for 12 weeks and then ideally at the end of that 12-week period you're going to have a day where you're going to test to see how far you've got. It's great to have an idea of how you want to hit of, of you know what weight you want to be. It's a great to have an, have an idea of like what weight you want to lift or what you want to hit at the competition. But ultimately, all you have control over is what you do on a daily basis. You know how much sleep you get, how well you do your training sessions, how much balance you keep in your life, and ultimately that's going to lead to your end performance. Damn, we're running up on an hour and forty minutes. This was awesome, that's it. guys. Thank you so much for being on. This is part two of our two-part podcast. <laughs> it might be three parts. It might we be. We don't know. We don't know. It We've got another two, few days three. here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joey, where can everybody find you? You can find me at Zaz Strength on Instagram. My gym's Lions Den Elite Training on Instagram. ZazStrength.net for content, uh, articles, programs, and YouTube is Zaz Strength. Uh, OnlyFans.com. OnlyZach.com. <laughs> OnlyZach.com. Uh, Instagram coach underscore ZT YouTube Zach Tellender. Where can where can people find out more about the weight? Uh, it's, I think it's the weight feature film.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for being on. For sure, Fortitude Live signing off. We'll see you soon.